Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Why don't you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. As I was watching Wednesday night service, Pastor Chuck was either preaching my message or I'm preaching his. Or how about it's just the Bible? That's just the Bible. But I thought as Pastor Chuck was preaching, you know, I'm, I'm talking about answered prayer. And this is our fifth in this series. And so each one of them kind of have a subtitle. Uh, and this morning, uh, you know, this is a series I've been preaching since, uh, well, if this is correct, 2018. Uh, and I've just been talking about, you know, things that we can do to make sure our prayers are answered and uh, steps that we can take. And so this morning, what I'm going to talk about is what you do with your mind. Because it's important what you do with your mind after you pray. And so I'm going to go back to the scripture Pastor Chuck was in Wednesday night in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to read that. Are you ready? Paul said, for though we walk in the flesh, you know, we're living in this natural world. We We don't war after the flesh. So thank God our weapons aren't natural. For the weapons of our warfare, everybody say our warfare. Our Does that mean we're in a warfare? Yeah. I mean, you know, the battle's already been won. I like to look at it this way. We're an occupying army. Yeah. You know, after uh, World War II, after the armies that we were fighting were defeated, we put troops in their countries to make sure they stayed defeated, that they stayed down, that there were no uprisings. And that's what we are as the church. We, already are, we are, are already in a war zone that has been won. But we got an enemy that might try to rise back up and do some things every now and then. And we put him back in his place. I like to say it this way. We're not the, the sick trying to get healed. We're the healed that the devil's trying to take our inheritance away from us. And I think that's a good way to look at it. All right. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. Everybody say mighty. Through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And what are strongholds? Well, you know, the devil will try to get things wormed in your mind that keep you from the blessing of God. Absolutely. He'll try to tell you, you can't have that. You can't be free from that. You'll never live that way. Are you listening now? Uh, I, I an acquaintance of mine in the ministry. When he was young, he lived in a part, certain part of California. And he said, in our city, he said, you know, he said, there was a place up on a hill. And he said, that's where the wealthy people lived. We didn't, we didn't live up there. We didn't go up there. That's not where our home was at. And he said, you know, he said, my dad would tell me. He said, son, you see up there on the hill? Named it. He said, you'll never live up there. You'll never live up there. He said, I want you to know, God started blessing me, and I bought a house up there. Hallelujah. And I can remember those days where the devil would say, you'll never have this. He'd say to me, this is nice, but you'll never have that. You'll never be there. The devil's a liar. What he wants to do is get a stronghold in your mind and get you to believe it. And if you believe it, you stop God's power from working in that area of your life. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Your your thoughts set your boundaries for your life. If you're going to have a bigger life, you're going to have to have a bigger thought life. 
You're going to have to have a thought life that thinks the scriptures, praise God. Hallelujah. And my Bible says there's nothing impossible to those that believe. Glory to God. It didn't just say there's nothing spiritually impossible to those that believe. It said there's, there's nothing impossible. That means in the natural, I can begin to believe for bigger things. Amen. Hallelujah. So the devil puts these strongholds. You can't, you know, you can't ever have that. Push tries to put strongholds of doubt. Maybe you're trying to get free from something and he'll, he'll put a strong in there. You could never be free of that. I'm telling you, it's a stronghold. I said it's a stronghold. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And one of the greatest weapons we have is the word. Hallelujah. Because it tells us what we have. Amen. I have. I, I, well, let, let's, let's read verse 5. He says, casting down, the King James uses the word imagination. So New King James says arguments. Both are good words. I, I like both of them because there's things they'll try to argue against the word. Have you ever tried to help somebody and they say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. What, what's happened? They got a stronghold, see. That stronghold is putting limits on how far they go. Yeah, but. How many know God, with God, there is no but? There's some ifs. If you'll do your part, but there aren't any buts. Amen. So, so we have to understand that the strongholds get in our mind. And the devil tries to put strongholds in there. And nobody is exempt from that. You don't ever get to a place where, you know, you've just totally... Don't have any devil problems any longer. I mean, if you do, Paul never got there. Because everywhere he'd go, the Bible's, he, you, you know, we used to have a guy in our church. He's in heaven now. And uh, I always said to Phyllis about him, I said, you know one thing about this guy? I said, every place he goes, he either starts a revival or a riot. Some of you know who I'm talking about. He was a precious brother. Uh, I preached his funeral. And you know what the text was? Where Paul said they called him a godly pest. I preached about him being a godly pest. His family came up afterwards and said, that was so accurate. I think he'd bugged all of them. <laughs> but he was a godly pest in a good way. I, 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 said, I said, brother, I said, if I'm ever in the hospital, I'm not planning on being. But I told him, I said, if I'm ever in the hospital, I hope I hear your little feet pattering down that hallway to come pray for me. Because we're going to have, I'm either going to get healed or we're going to have a, we're going to have a riot. Something's going to happen. It's not going to stay the same. Amen. Amen. Now, <clears throat> this word, imaginations. <clears throat> you know, have you ever had the devil just blow something up in your mind? I, he begins to show you how bad it's going to be. Come on. Those are imaginations. Imagination is the biggest nation on the planet. It can literally stop you. If you look, if, if your thoughts aren't victory thoughts, they're not God thoughts. <coughs> you need to understand that. All of us need to understand that. And the devil comes with these imaginations and these arguments why the word won't work for you. But Jesus said, let whoever says to this mountain, 
Whoever wants to come and drink of the water of life can come freely. This, this book is not just for a few. This is for whoever. Amen. Amen. And so we have to understand there are strongholds that the devil will try to put in our mind. And the Bible says, verse 5, cast them down. Cast down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now notice this. And bringing into captivity every thought. Everybody say every thought. To the obedience of Christ. That means, you know, and we all have, listen, we, we have, uh, who knows how many thousands of thoughts we have during the day. You ever ask somebody what you're thinking? They say nothing. No, nobody just thinks nothing. You're always thinking something. And you have to realize that thoughts come from different sources. You know, there's thoughts that come from uh, people planting thoughts in your mind. Billboards plant thoughts in your mind. The devil plants thoughts in your mind. And only the thoughts that you want, that you grasp on, are those, are, those are the only thoughts that are your thoughts. Amen. How many are glad that every thought that you think isn't your thought? How many be honest about it? I mean, there's times, you know, I mean, like in traffic, I, I think thoughts that you shouldn't think. Am I the only one? I've even asked Phyllis, I said, what's wrong with those people? And she always has this real snotty mark. I don't know. I don't know those people. How many know? And you realize, and there's times I realize, and I've had that happen, where, you know, somebody's going too slow for me, which is most of the time. And I have these thoughts, and then I, and then I realize these aren't God thoughts. These aren't good thoughts. And I'm thinking, I'm not a rude person. And if I was face-to-face with that person, I wouldn't treat them rudely. Now, why when you put a motor behind me and give me some power, I'm going to be abusive with it? Yeah, well. How many understand what I'm talking about? See, I've even thought about, you know, those of us who watch NASCAR, I've even thought about, I'm going to give them a, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give them a little bump here, get them going. Amen. Why are you all laughing at me? Those aren't good thoughts. Y'all quiet like, Pastor, I can't believe you have thoughts like that. Oh, you, you sweet thing. You, you have worse than that. So, so see, we have all kinds of thoughts. They're not all God thoughts, see. You have, to, you have to bring them into captivity and say, no, we don't act that way. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We walk in love. Amen. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Come on now. Act like you're liking this whether you are or not. Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> I want to I want to read a couple verses here. I, I, I'm not going to you know go long, but I'm going to. But it is important that we understand. After we prayed, we have to watch what we allow our mind to think on. We have to watch that because if you don't, it'll, it'll talk you out of receiving. Now in Ephesians chapter six, <clears throat> verse twelve, Paul says, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood." but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in higher heavenly places. So, so there, there's a battle going on with us. How many understand that? We may not see these spirits, and we wouldn't unless God would give us discerning of spirits. If He'd give us discerning of spirits where we can see into the spirit realm, then we'd see this. But, you know, if we don't have that, we don't see that. But we know we're battling because the Bible says we're battling. Now, and, and Jesus said this about the devil in John chapter 8. He said, when he speaks, he speaks a lie. 
Well, how does he speak? I've never heard the audible voice of the devil. I don't want to hear the audible voice of the devil. But, but Jesus said he speaks. Well, how does he speak? Well, he speaks through thoughts, suggestions, ideas, different things. And so we have to learn what's the devil speaking. You know, the devil sometimes just tell you, well, you're down today. Well, why? Well, just because. You just are. Well, I mean, those, those are wrong thoughts. Amen. I said, every day's an up day with me. You mean you'll never have any challenge? Oh, yeah, yeah. You never let things get... Oh, we all have, but we got to remember who we are. Sure, we've let things get us down, but we got to remember. we got to pick ourselves back up. Amen. Now, look what he said, verse 17. He said, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, see, part of our armor to, to, to deal with these demonic forces that would try to attack our minds is the helmet of salvation. Now, the helmet of salvation, to me, it's just knowledge of your redemption. you got to know what belongs to you. Amen. See, that's what the Bible tells us. The Bible says, <laughs> be, be mindful always of His covenant. I remember going to pray for a lady. She was in her 50s, had kids, grandkids, and uh, she was in the hospital here in town, and she was dying of cancer. She had cancer, and it was, it was bad enough to kill her. And so I went to go pray for her, you know, and I, when I went into her room, <clears throat> she had on her um, stand there, she had a book. Now, she's a Christian, just so you know that. She's a believer. And, uh, but she, and she's got a book on her stand there, and it's a book about heaven. Now, that troubled me because <laughs> I'm against heaven. But I'm thinking... You don't need to be reading about heaven right now. You're in a battle for your life. You need to read, be reading about healing. Come on, are you with me? See, see, because if you read about heaven enough, you're going to want to go there. Is that right? I mean, you read a book. Yeah, every time I read about heaven, I want to go. I mean, like today. But it may be that God doesn't want you to go today. He wants you to go, but how I many know He wants you to finish your course? And, you know, she wasn't done. She wasn't done. And so I realized I got a problem here because if this lady has her mindset on heaven, she doesn't have her mindset on healing, and praying for her is not going to do much good. She's not going to help because that's not, what, that's not the way she's thinking. How I many know you got to find out what's yours and get the knowledge of that in your mind and fight with that? Amen. You got to you got to have the knowledge of salvation. You got to have on the helmet of salvation or the knowledge of your redemption and fight with that because those the devil will try to get you in doubt. After you prayed, he'll try to get you in doubt. Well, that's not going to come to pass, and he'll begin to tell you why it's not going to come to pass. Amen. You know, nobody in your family's ever been blessed like that. Well, hey, you're about ready to change the history. Amen. 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 You know, because the devil he'll he'll come up with all kinds of excuses. You know, you're you're too you're too heavy. You're too skinny. You're too Ugly, you're too bald. You could never be a TV preacher. You don't have enough hair. It's like a pastor friend of mine. He says, pastoring, I've been through two sets of teeth and, and hair. <clears throat> I've still got my teeth. Hallelujah. Amen. I told Phil, I didn't even know he had, didn't have his, I didn't check his teeth out, but I, I I didn't know he didn't have his right, his, you know, his real hair to that. She said, you didn't know that? I said, no, I didn't know that. I don't pay enough attention on that. It all looks real to me. I thought, man, I saw the other day, got a new one. I thought, wonder what he did with his old one. Maybe I could use it. Praise God. 
Phyllis didn't agree. Anyway. So, now there wasn't anything wrong with this lady, you know, reading a book on heaven. But at this point, see, that's not what she needs to be feeding on. She needs to be feeding on something that will encourage her to stay on the earth. Amen. Because, <laughs> I mean, when you read about heaven, who wants to stay in Heavensville? No offense. But it's just not the same, right? Amen. And so we have to, you, you understand God gave us his word so we could check our thinking with it. Right? And so you have to check your thing. That's why Paul said, how could you renew your mind if you didn't have the word? Paul said, your mind has to be renewed if you're going to be transformed. What's your mind? Well, your thoughts have to be renewed. You've got to change your thoughts if you're going to transform your life. If anything's going to change about your life, most likely the thing that's going to have to start first is your thoughts are going to have to change. You have to start thinking different about it. Amen. Well, how are you going to think different? Well, the only way to think different is to find out and, and, and think different in a right way is to think what God said about it. Amen. Now, all right, let's go to James. I want to look at this. I'm, like I said, I'm not preaching along. I've, we took up uh, some time here talking about things in the offering, but it was worth it. Um, James chapter 1. Let's go there. James 1. We're just talking about what to do with your mind after you've prayed. Because after you prayed, you don't think the devil's just going to just like, you know, hey, they prayed, and I might as well give up. Let me just say this to you. I don't, I don't like bragging on the devil, and I'm not going to brag on the devil, but I would say if you could say one good thing about the devil, he's good at being a devil. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty persistent. But thank God I have the force of the Spirit called, called long-suffering, steadfastness, patience, whatever, whatever, however you want to call it. I have the fruit of the Spirit in me. Amen. 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 And I can, I can certainly outlast the devil. Right. Amen. And I can certainly out... Stand him. Amen. If you if you get what I'm saying. I understand that, you know, that he he's he sometimes is persistent, but I can be just as persistent, more persistent, because I have the power of God in me. Right. Amen. James said this in James 1, verse 6, he said, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers or doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive what? What's anything? That means you couldn't receive a thing, right? Anything from the Lord, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So what is he saying here? He's saying, well, so look, if you, have the, if you have this doubt, this wavering, then don't expect to receive anything. Now, the devil knows that verse. How many know that? And so when you pray, he's going to try to get you into doubt, get you into wavering. Now, Brother Hagin used to say it this way. He said, you know, you can have doubt in your head, but not in your heart. In other words, your mind can, can kind of, that doesn't compute. It can kind of tilt. And so you have to understand that. But yet in your heart, that, you know, when it gets in your heart, Jesus said what's in your heart comes out your mouth. See? That's when you start saying, what, what is double-minded? Well, double just means, what does double mean? It means two, doesn't it? So what is double-minded? It means you have two minds about it. You have two opinions about it. Well, God might come through, but then again, it might not happen, Pastor. Well, that's double-minded. And the Bible said, don't expect to receive anything of the Lord. See, doubt, double, D-O-U-B-T, D-O-U-B-L-E. I know you don't need me to teach you English. Well, perhaps you do. But anyway... You understand, see, they're, 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 they're from the same roots. 
Doubt just means to be double-minded. It means to have two opinions or you could accept two outcomes. We have to get to the place where we only accept one outcome. This is the way it's going to be, no other way. This is it. Are you with me now? It's going to be this way. Why? Not because the Word says it and because I say it. Amen. We're not going to have any. Well, it, I, you never know, Pastor. You just never know. I mean, I've had, I was believing for healing and I didn't get healed and all that. Well, you're still alive. I don't know about how you feel about it. See, a lot of people get, they get under condemnation. They get confused. I don't get confused about these things. I don't get under condemnation. If I have to take medicine, I take medicine. But take it in the name of Jesus. But I'm going to fight sickness every way I can. You understand? I remember years ago, years ago, I had this thing come on me. I don't even know what it was, but man, it was heavy, hard, sick, hurting. And I'm just fighting with my faith, and I'm fighting with my faith, and I'm fighting with my faith, I'm fighting with my faith, I'm believing God. And then somebody says, why don't you go here and get this, and I think it'll help you. And it was medicine. And I said, well, all right, I'll go do that. See, I, 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 you know, it's kind of a compromise for me, I felt like, because I, but yet, really, I learned some things by this. I went and did what they said. I got those pills they said. I took two of them, and I was, I was well. I thought, well, my gosh, if God's given somebody some knowledge to make something to help me, why not take it? You know what I'm saying? What I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to depend on that. I'm going to depend on God. But, you know, if I have to take an aspirin, I'll take an aspirin. I don't hardly ever have to do that. But if I did, I would. Right? So, but see, I, I, I used to be an all or nothing. I mean, it's either believe God or die. Really? That's the way old Pentecostal was, man. You know, Wigglesworth said, there's no, there's no doctor going to touch my body except in an inquest. That's the only way. And that's the way we were, that's the way we were raised, man. We were like, man, you're, you're a faith guy. You, uh, I mean, I don't, care. I don't care if my arm is flopping. It, it's God or nothing, man. Now, you think I'm joking, but we had people, they wouldn't go get their bones set, man. No, seriously. We know a lady that did that. I mean, she broke her ankle or leg or whatever it was. I don't remember. Uh, you know, she was one of our partners. I'm not going to name her on live stream, but anyway, you know. <laughs> anyway, she broke her ankle. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm like, go get your ankle set. You know, it's like, oh, I'm believing God. And I mean, for a long time, she was hobbling. I'm thinking, man, I just went and got that set and got fixed in about a week. But she ended up the same place. She was, she eventually her healing manifested. But it, but my point is, see, a lot of people think that that that's you know that they're opposites. You know, that doctors and well, I just say this: to, don't do anything without faith. Don't do anything without the witness of the Spirit. Don't do anything without God on your side. Hallelujah. And just watch, you know, because there's some of this medicine, well, you know, this will stop your, your runny nose, but it'll give you, you know, hernia and uh, hemorrhoids. And uh, no, thank you. I'll keep the runny nose and believe God. So you have to have some common sense about you. Have me know that, right? Now, so Satan is the doubt sower. In the beginning, what did he do? Genesis chapter 3, hath God said. What's that? Sowing down on what God said. So anytime you pray, you might as well be ready that the doubt sower, I'm not telling you expect it, but I'm just saying you might as well be prepared ahead of time. The doubt sower is liable to come and say, well, yeah, but. Don't accept that. Kick him out. Yeah. Now let's go to one last scripture. Did you get something today? Yeah. Philippians chapter 4. Go there. Philippians 4. So you have to understand that when you pray, 
you know, and, and you may have a great prayer time. And I've had those times when I prayed, man, felt the presence of God. You know, have you ever, you felt like God heard you? Well, have you know, that's not how you judge whether God heard you. I mean, there's times, yeah, I feel his presence. Thank God for it. I don't, I don't knock that. I love it. But I don't judge my prayer by that. Because I've learned a long time ago, there's times I felt just dry as toast. And, but God was there, and he answered. He came through. I've prayed for people before and thought, I don't sense any anointing at all, and they got healed. I've prayed for people and felt goose glory bumps on top of glory bumps. My suit was moving on me. They didn't get a thing. They got blessed, but they didn't, get, they didn't receive their healing. Now, why? I don't know. All I am is a hands layer on her. I'm not the healer. Amen. I mean, there's some people that sometimes make you mad. I'd give them the botch of Egypt if I had the opportunity. <laughs> but then take it back after I calm down. Amen. All right, that's a little humor. Come on, everybody, come on, lighten up. Now, you understand, see, we, we just do what God said. We leave the results up to Him. Yeah. Right. Well, you preach the gospel. Some people get saved. Right. Some people don't. Right. I remember my sister years ago answered an altar call. I was preaching on a, a, a Wednesday, a Thursday night. I can't remember. I'm just teaching. I'm just teaching. That's all. I'm just teaching on the, law, the laws of sowing and reaping. She came to the service. She comes to the altar and gives her life to Jesus Christ. I'm thinking, that was not a message to draw sinners. And she says, it finally made sense. I'm thinking, okay. Didn't make any sense to me. But if that drew you to Jesus Christ, praise God. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? She, you just don't know. God knows everybody. Everybody's different. And everything's different. Every case is different. Amen. You know, why does God do things the way he does? I don't know. You have to ask him. But he, I, I got a feeling he does it the right way. Can I get a witness? I got a feeling that he knows everything. I got a feeling he knows how it should be done. Amen. Hallelujah. I've had God give me words of knowledge. I'm thinking, well, why in the world would you just shut up? I'm thinking, why would you say it that way? Why would you do it that way? Well, have me know he, he knows. Have me know that one time a guy in the Bible, this isn't the Bible, everybody say Bible. The Bible, in the Bible, the guy was using an axe and the head flew off and fell in the water. And he went to the prophet and said, uh, Alas, master, that was borrowed. And so the prophet took a stick, threw it in the water, and the Bible said the axe head did swim. Now what does a stick have to do with axe head swim? Axe heads can't swim, stick or no stick. Now, I was preaching on that one night and I said, you know what? You know what would happen if you did that and the Lord didn't tell you to throw a stick in the water? One lady, I never, I never forget what she said. She said, yeah, you'd have sticky water. <laughs> That's right. You'd have sticky water. That's all. It'd be a bunch of sticks in the water, but there's no axe head flow. But for some reason, that's what God wanted done there, right? Remember, Jesus put mud in a guy's eyes and said, you see anything? It's like, I was blind to start with. Now I got, I'm blind and got mud in my eyes. I don't see a thing. He said, well, go wash it off. And you'll see. Why did Jesus, you may know why Jesus did that. Some of you are getting it because the father said do it. I mean, if the father didn't say do it, you just got a guy that's blind, got mud in his eyes, and now he's mad and all of his brothers are mad at you. But if God told you to do it, it works. I mean, it works. Everybody say it works. 
Amen. I've seen some goofy things over the years where people say, God told me to do this. Well, did it produce results? Well, no, but God told me to. God's not goofy. Amen. Now, where did I tell you to go? Philippians. Let's read this. Let's close. Philippians chapter 4. Go with me to verse number 8. One verse. The Bible says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Listen to this. Amen. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue or power, if there be any praise, think on these things. This is what our meditation is to be on. I don't know how Paul can make it any more clear that if you're now we all have wrong thoughts. You cannot stop wrong thoughts. You can only deal with them. Is that understandable? But what he's talking about here is what we think on, allow ourselves to think on throughout the day. Uh, you could say, and some translations do, the New King James does, meditate. In other words, keep them in your mind. Well, has anybody ever found yourself thinking on things and they were staying in your mind that weren't worthy of praise? That weren't good report that didn't have any power about them that weren't lovely come on we all have you have to monitor what you're thinking about during the day the devil will try to cancel your prayer out by your thought life because what will happen here's what will happen paul or excuse me hebrews says it this way don't feign in your minds hebrews 12 3 don't king james don't faint in your minds what does that mean you give up in your mind Let's close by this. Listen, you remember, you remember uh, there was a man named J. Iris. I remember J. Iris in the Bible. Anybody know what he was? He was the ruler of the synagogue, right? He came to Jesus and he said, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Is that a prayer? Well, it is. He's asking a request, right? Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. He's asking Jesus to do something, right? But that's a request. You know, prayer isn't... Like some of you do at the restaurant, headache prayers. <laughs> you know, people like, oh, he's got a... You know, and then you lift your head up and there's a couple of aspirins on your table with some good Samaritan left them for you. How <laughs> I mean, you know, <clears throat> prayer is simply... Communing with God. So that this, he asked Jesus, come lay your hands on my daughter that she may be healed. She was only, his only daughter, 12 years old. You can imagine that, 12-year-old daughter, the only daughter. Wouldn't matter if she's your own daughter or not. She's your 12-year-old daughter. She's laying there dying. Right? I mean, that's heartbreaking. So he comes to Jesus and Jesus goes with him. He's heading towards Jairus' house to go to pray for his daughter. And the woman with the issue of blood shows up. And the Bible says she had that issue for 12 years. And she touched Jesus' garment. And Jesus, you know, he felt virtue, power go out of him. He turned around and said, who did that? And the woman, everybody denied, but the woman finally said, it was me. I guess she, she felt like she'd done something wrong. Well, she really lawfully, she had. She wasn't supposed to be out in public with that issue of blood. And so Jesus, you know, he, 
He, he tells her, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you whole. But the Bible says she told him the whole truth. She told him the whole testimony. Twelve years of the agony she'd been through. I mean, this took up some time. When she got done with her testimony, someone came up and said to J.I.R., said, don't trouble the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. It's over with. I love what Jesus said. I love Jairus' response. No response from me. You don't see him get mad saying, Jesus, if you hadn't taken time to listen to this big mouth woman with her testimony, telling everything, all the doctors she went through, you know, when she went to doctor, all these doctors and told all about all the doctors, all, the, all this. If you hadn't taken time. No, Jesus said to Jairus, he said, fear not. Believe only and she shall be made whole. Don't faint in your mind. Just because you got some bad news. Stick with what you ask for. Stick with what you ask for. Because the devil's going to come and he's going to try to put bad news in your mind. He's going to try to put a stronghold in your mind and get you to give into the stronghold instead of what the word says. That's why the Bible says, cast it down. Throw it down. You can't stay in my mind. How often will they have to do it? I don't know. You may have to do it several times a day, but just keep doing it. I'm going to think good thoughts. I'm going to think victory thoughts. This isn't mind over matter. This is faith. Amen. Glory to God. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.